0: Happy Mother's Day again. Um, I'm going to pause and look at some verses that are familiar to us, um, very familiar to us, but um, can I a bit of inch for interest sake? Um, um, in recorded history, mums. I don't know if this is gonna make you feel if this will make you feel like a failure or feel very grateful if it's not you. Um, the woman that has borne the most children in recorded history. Any guesses on how many children? How many? 26. Would anybody dare to go any higher? Did I hear? You don't want to go higher than that? Well, you're going to have to keep going higher than that. goodness. 38, let's keep going. Oh. 40, let's keep going. 90, who's that mad person? (laughs) (laughs) In recorded history, the mother that has borne the most children was 69 children. She was a 16th century Russian peasant woman. She had 69 children and mums, mums, she didn't have one single birth. Not one single birth. If your math is good, you will realise that. She had 16 sets of twins, 7 triplets and 4 sets of quads. Oh, my goodness. So you go, oh. So you know the greatest insult is? The greatest insult is they didn't record her name. Mm. But they recorded his name. The father. So we know who the dad is, but we don't know who the mother was, and I can't even be, say his name. It's something, um, oh, something visa visa or something. We don't we don't need to remember him, do we? No, that just amazed me. Yeah, not one not one single birth. That would have been like Christmas for us, wouldn't it? You know, just to, <laughs> um, yeah. So I know mothers should be praised. (laughs) I know mothers should be praised. I know that. Um, The Bible tells me that, in fact. We're going to look at um, from Proverbs chapter 31. I mean, last year we looked at Proverbs 31. We looked at some verses. I want to look at some more verses from Proverbs 31 this year. So if you want to turn there. But Mother's Day is one of those holidays that we have that actually was born out of A devotional heart of prayer towards God. You realise that? It's not just a commercialised day that has been raised up to make money out of people. No, there was a woman by the name of um, Anna Jarvis. And she, American lady, was, uh, was a woman who was there helping with the wounded soldiers from the American Civil War. And what she was doing as she was helping the wounded soldiers, she was also recognising, being a mother herself, just how devastating it was for mothers to know that their sons and their daughters even are out of their... You know, because the mother's heart is a, is a protective one, isn't it, Mum? I remember when I was uh, 18 years old, I went to, 17 years old, I went to South Australia and on the way to South Australia, we stopped, and I can't remember where it was, but it was somewhere along that, that, that road there, on the Nullarbor Plain, somewhere we stopped and we walked down to look over the edge of the country and down the bottom there was all these um, uh, sea, sea lions down there. And we thought, oh, that's cool. Really smart that I was, or we were. So we climbed down this cliff face to get down there and saw these pups on the, on the edge of the water. And so I walked... So I, I don't know what the other guys were doing. It was my brother and um, one of his friends. But I remember walking down towards these pups to try and get as close as I could to get some photos. because you know. And so I got down, real, got down real close to get these photos. The pups were there. And without realising it, from nowhere, not one mum, but many mothers just come come running up, running up, they, they, do they run? <laughs> this thing coming up and charging at, charging at me. And I had no idea how fast those things could move. Well, nor did I know how fast I could climb because, bam, I was out of there. But it just reminded me, you know, many years later, just how, just how much a mother's heart, just how protective a mother's heart is towards their young And that there is nothing, mums, isn't that right? There is nothing that you will allow to get or to get in the way of and bring harm to your children. And that was the heart, really, of what Mother's Day is all about, where it was born in this woman's heart, where she recognised that mums were sending their children off to war and they were dying and they're absolutely powerless to be able to do anything about it. And this woman said, these mums need to be honoured. They need to be honoured. You know what? She started to pray. And she prayed and she prayed and she spoke about it. And it wasn't in her lifetime, but it was her daughter. Her daughter's name was also Anna. She was Anna and her daughter was Anna. And it was her daughter that canvassed the idea and and pushed the idea and continued to pray for the idea until finally Mother's Day was instituted in the US and so on. So, and and it came later in, in Australia Another woman, I can't remember her name. But I only share that story because the essence of what Mother's Day is about is that these mums deserve to be honoured. These mums deserve to be honoured. And what she was doing, and what her heart was doing, was praising God for mums. For the mums that are able to stand strong and the mums that are able to be there for their children. Can you imagine the, you know, the just the, the son's coming back from war. And mums, uh, it's just, it's, it's beyond my comprehension. You know, I know as a father, it's there, but there's something very, something very powerful and deep within the maternal heart that will, you know, dads can talk a good talk, but mums will walk that walk, won't they? They will go to that place, whatever is required to protect their child. And, um, and that's when Mother's Day was born out. So I, I think, you know, we often complain about the holidays that we, that we um, inherit from the US, but there's one that is, that, we, that is worthwhile inheriting, isn't it, this day. So this day is a day that should be, should be honoured. And so uh, this morning, again, Proverbs 31, we have the virtuous woman. So if you're willing, with me, mums and dads, because this speaks to all of us, let's have a look at a few verses and maybe we'll go, And if we've got time, we'll have a look at Timothy, an example that is set before um, you mothers. Uh, I'm going to be talking to mothers, but please, dads, don't think this is not about us as well. So Proverbs chapter 31. And if you're there, um, would you look at verse 30 with me? interesting just while you're turning there Isaiah chapter 66 there's a verse in Isaiah 66 where um, the Lord uses the love of a mother as an idiom for his love for Jerusalem and his people and 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 he's using the the power of a mother's love to never abandon to always be there to protect and all that he's using that idiom of the mother's love to describe his own heart towards his people. So that's, that's something that God doesn't speak about when he talks about fathers, is it? You know, Certainly the father's heart, his heart, but to use the mother in that way, is that idiom to me is just it's something that we dads need, should, need to take note of. But anyway, Isaiah 66, um, check that out. Yeah. Um, so, verse 30 says this, and speaking of the, the virtuous woman, of course. And it says, Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. And so, this morning, we, we're titling this, this service as Mothers Are to Be Praised, because God says, She shall be praised. This is the heart of the matter. The woman who fears the Lord shall be, is to be praised. What does it mean to fear God? I mean, we've looked at this many times, haven't we? The Hebrew word is Yira, Y-I-R-A. And it means, and the word has actually has an emotional expre- reaction. And, and it's fear, yes, it means it speaks of terror, it speaks of being afraid. But the essence of it is a reverence God. It's a deep respect for God. And what the scripture does, scripture uses the term to fear God and right living almost, they're so closely related that they're almost synonymous with one another. They express or imply the same idea the fear of God and right living. And if a person fears God, obviously it results in them a, a godly life. Before the God that they have a reverential awe before they fear. And so it's true when a person sees who God really is. They see who God really is. He is the almighty, isn't he? He's the almighty. He's the creator of heaven and earth. The Bible tells us he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is the soon coming judge of all. And there is nothing to be done when that is truth in your heart. There is nothing to be done but to live in an honourable way before his majesty. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. But the opposite is also true. And we know this too, don't we? Where there is no fear of God, we see it in our society, don't we? But where there is no fear of God, of course, there is godless living. So the simple truth is... True belief in God causes a deep reverence and respect of God. So when a person comes to a right knowledge of God, who God really is, then they get serious about serving God, the God who created them. They get serious. They want to obey God. They want to follow him. They want their lives to be a praise and a glory under him. And their lives will show to this world who God is. I will say it again. And I'm going to say the woman. I'm going to say the mother. Because it is Mother's Day. The woman of God who is motivated by a godly fear. Of a truly awesome God. The scripture says... This woman shall be praised. This woman shall be praised. Again, that's the essence of what Mother's Day is all about, isn't it? That's where it was born, in that woman's heart. And so, look, if you just jump down, um, verse 10, or go back to verse 10 of Proverbs 31, there's the question, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is above rubies. And the idea is this, and please don't, Beat me up over this, but the idea of this is simply that they are rare. That they are rare, but they may be found. They're found here in this room today. I say that not just to save myself, but I believe that it's true. The virtuous woman, the word for virtuous that is used there, I won't try and say it because it's, it's K H A H Y I L. You can work that out yourselves. Now, the the Western use of the word virtuous uh, carries the ideas of honesty and uh, nobility and principled and, uh, and righteous and wholesome and blameless and chaste. And all of that would be right. All of that is right because they are the virtuous characteristics, virtuous characteristics. But here it is used to enhance the testimony of strength. Those characteristics are characteristics of strength of the virtuous character, the strong person. Now, I say that because some of these qualities in our world sees these as good. They see them as wholesome and they respect them. But that list again, honesty, nobility, principle, they're often viewed as quaint. They're not held up as strength. Because, you know, strong people today in the world are, you know, they go get them, you know, tackle them, take them down, take out the throat, all that sort of stuff. You know, a strong woman is someone that stands up against a man and can tear him down, you know, bring him down. And, and that idea that the world so often, often pervades. But here, these, these virtues again, and, and they apply to us Men as well, of course. But I want to say them again, you know, honesty, nobility, principled, righteous, wholesome, blameless. You know. they strengths, their great strengths of, of great blessing. But not only to the woman, but to her and her children, to her and her household. And again, the writer says, She should be praised. And he's saying things here in this, in this proverb. She's not lazy. She keeps her family. She keeps her home in order. And she needs those principles, right, mums, don't you, for that, you know? It's a testimony. It's a, this virtue is really a testimony of her love and her commitment towards her family and her husband. And that's why she gets up and makes coffee on Mother's Day. No, 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 it's not. Sorry. I'm trying to save you, Devin. You know? Verse 11 says, The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall, he, he shall have no need of spoil. Now, that's a statement, isn't it? The heart of her husband husband does safely trust her. And he shall have no need of spoil. The virtuous woman, basically, again, simply can be trusted. Yes, it says here, by her husband. And it's only natural, isn't it? It's really only natural if you honour the Lord, if you live a godly life, uh, that people are going to learn and recognise that you are someone that can be honoured, that someone that should be trusted. Now, you think about that in the home life. You know, a godly woman. You think about a godly woman wanting to win her family to the Lord. You, you think about that in a husband who is lost and, and, and sees, you know, it's through the cynical eyes of the unsaved. You think about that in a godly woman. You know, he, he sees a world. Let's see from that man's perspective for a moment. He sees a world that is really dog-eat-dog, everyone doing for themselves, but at home. At home, where it really counts, you know, he's got a wife who is virtuous, who lives a virtuous life. He knows that her character is strong. She, she, she knows that the love in her will not be moved from those godly virtues and values. He knows that, you know. that even through... Even though, sorry, he may not be surrendered to it, he knows he can trust that, you know? And that's what wins husbands to the Lord, wives, you know? He knows he can trust that. And, and likewise, of course, the believing husband has, has this, this trust and confidence, knowing that his wife's influence will always bring the goodness of God to his home, and especially, of course, to his children. And again, he can trust that, you know? But I've got to say the opposite is also true. The opposite is very true. The nagging, never satisfied, always complaining, speaking down to overbearing mother. And this is tragic. That mother will never know her family's full confidence. Um, i just throw that out there. So verse 26, jump to verse 26 with me. says, she will open her mouth I love this, with wisdom. And her tongue is the law, and her tongue is the law of kindness. When Miss Mother opens her mouth, she speaks with wisdom and kindness. Where's wisdom found? You students of the Bible, where is wisdom found? It's found well it's found, it's from the Lord, and it's found in God's word, isn't it? Well, let me read some verses to you. This applies of course to all of us. This is two Peter chapter one and verse three. This is familiar to us. His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. What? See, so we often quote that. We say he's given us everything we need through life and godliness, and we end the verse there. I mean I'm guilty of that as much as anybody. Because it doesn't end there. It says, Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Psalm 111 says the fear of the Lord in verse 10 is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow... See, we've got to to finish the verse. It's all who follow his precepts and have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. To them belongs eternal praise. We go to Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6. It says, for the fear of the Lord gives wisdom... And from his mouth comes, here it is again, knowledge and understanding. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the virtuous mother, it is Mother's Day. The virtuous mother knows that all of God's law is wrapped up in the commands of God. And Jesus summed all of that up for us when he came along in Matthew chapter 22 and said that the, 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 to, it is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And he went on to say, and, and to love your neighbour as yourself. And he said, there in all, are, and, and these are all the law and the commandments summed up. So it's love your neighbour as yourself. This, he's saying, is love God and love your neighbour as yourself. He says this is, this is God's law of kindness, you might say. She wisely, this is the context here, she, the, the mother teaches her children how to love others. The mother teaches them to love and to deny themselves and to give of themselves to others. She teaches them again to be, to be kind. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 6 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill all the law of God. So she makes sure, this is this virtuous woman, she makes sure that God's kind laws are always before their eyes. And she can do that, this is what the proverb is saying, because she has meditated so much on God's kind laws that they simply, this is the language, they simply come tumbling out of her mouth without much thought whatsoever. If you've had a mother like that, you are blessed. You are so blessed. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, for out of the overflow, out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks, right? And she speaks, this is what the psalm says, wisdom and kindness. Wisdom and kindness. It says in verse 30, that favour is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, here it is again, she shall be praised. Favour is deceitful. It's the folly of living to impress others. That's what that is, you know. He says beauty is vain. Vain or vanity, what's that mean? It means worthless, it means empty, it means really of no value. So if this is what the statement says, so if how you look and how you'll present yourself. Now, please hear this carefully. If how you look and how you present yourself is the chief importance of life, the chief importance of life, the most important thing. then God says that's worthless. God says that's worthless. He says it's a waste of your life. Yes, God created beauty, right? But this is the warning against building our life upon beauty, because that's what the secular—that's secular, what the secular society does, doesn't it? You know, it does. And God is saying, no, that that will not last. That will not bring the wisdom that He wants to bring to the home of the godly woman. You know, um, of course we know, don't we? Youthful circumstances. Change, right? Don't they? We know that, every one of us. But reverence for God endures. Reverence for God endures. Youthful bodies don't remain. They age. But Christ-like character, Christ-like character causes the hidden woman of the heart to thrive. Please hear that, mums, ladies, young girls. Please hear that. The virtuous mother has planted her identity not in things, not in temporal, but in her identity and God, not in the vain deceptions of this secular society. No, 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 no. She resolves that her beauty, her physical beauty, will serve only to complement what the scriptures call, and this is Peter talks about this, what the scriptures call the imperishable beauty of a gentle, quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. Not just in the sight of a husband, but in the sight of God. It's invaluable. And God says, What does he say? She shall be she shall be praised, right? Mums, the woman whose life is truly meaningful, is a woman who loves and fears God as we have seen. She is an inspiration to her family. You know, there is one family that's often held up at this time of the year, and that's the family of Campbell Morgan. He was one of the, a great preacher. He had four sons, and they all became they all became ministers of the gospel. And the story is so often told. In fact, I've told it many times that that family, the entire family, could you imagine this family, G. Campbell Mormon, Morgan, his four sons, these four noted men of God, these four preachers all gathered together, and a friend of them comes up to them and says to the, one of the sons, and says, which one of you Morgans is the greatest preacher? What a question, you know. And I read that the response was like this, with wide eyes beaming with delight, the son looked over at his father, the great G. Campbell Morgan, looked over at his father and said, why, it's mother, of course. Because it's not what's preached from the pulpit, but it's what's preached in the home. We, we see this very thing um, brought out in the life of Timothy um, and, and two Timothy, chapter one, we see Paul, um, uh, Paul looks at young Timothy and he sees something precious in him. And he wants Timothy to know. He wants to remind him of its value and where it came from. And, and I would do the same thing to all of you here today. You know. Let me just read it to you. This is this is two Timothy chapter one and verse five. It says, "When I call to remembrance the unfeigned, I want to look at that word. The unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is also in you, young Timothy." He had in his life. Timothy had in his life something, someone that loved him enough to give him the greatest heritage, the most precious possession. Of course, it's the gift of faith. And uh, in essence, Paul said, Timothy, I, I, I know your grandmother and I know that her faith was real. And I saw the same faith in your mother. And Timothy, I am convinced it's in you just the same. And when he says there that unfeigned faith that is in you, that was in his grandmother, that was in his mother, the the word he uses, it literally means unfeigned faith, literally means faith without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy. And Lois and Eunice showed Timothy by word, and this is what I was speaking about a moment ago, by word and by example what it means to live the authentic faith, the authentic Christian life. A faith from which they, that is free of hypocrisy. It is totally absent. It is of, hypocrisy is absent. In other words, it's the real thing, it's the genuine thing, it's the sincere thing. That's what I was alluding to in those two there today, you know. It's the real thing. You know, what higher accolade? What higher accolade, or what greater tribute could any child give to their mother on Mother's Day? Than to say, mum, the faith that you gave me is real. It's real. Mum, what you have given me is the strength and the guidance. It is now the course of my life. It's real, mum. There is no pretense in what's going on inside my heart. I'm not putting anything on. Jesus is Lord of my life. It's unfeigned faith. What mother doesn't want to hear that? What mother doesn't want to hear that? And Paul says... I've seen it in your grandmother. I've seen it in your mother. And I know it's in you. You know, when he said dwelt there, that this unfeigned faith dwelt within them. You know, it dwelt in in your grandmother, in in Lois, and it dwelt in your mother Eunice, you know. That that word dwelt, the meaning of it, and again, we've looked at this many times, that word dwelt, the meaning of it is, it says and it is there not just as a visitor, But it is a resident. Talk about the faith. It's it's very simple. The message of faith that gets picked up and passed on to the next generation is the one that is consistently lived. It's very simple, you know, because it's in pointless. It is pointless, isn't it? Instructing our kids on the ways of righteousness and then to live a hit and miss Christian faith in, in the home or in our lives. It's pointless, isn't it? You know. You know, the faith that's given to outbursts of wrath or, or, or foul language or the faith that abandons, that is abandoned for something when else when it gets tough or, or, or the faith that is watered down every time some questionable opportunity arises. We can see that. They see the hypocrisy of it and they know it's not real. No, the faith. That as one commentator said, is the common, love this statement, he said is the common property of all godly families is simply one of trust. It's one of faithfulness and st- Steadfastness or steadfast fidelity, you might say, to the God who saved us by his grace and teaches us to daily walk in obedience to him. It's not prideful. No, it's not arrogant. It's not judging others. It's not running people down. No, it's a faith that is picked up. That's the faith that is picked up and it is passed on. It has no hypocrisy in it whatsoever. And I I know you think, Chris, you, you set a really high bar. Are you feeling like that this morning? But that's not saying that you are perfect, Mum. No. That's why I said that, we, that's why I paused on that word dwelt. It just means that Jesus has settled down in your hearts. He's not a visitor who shows up every now and then. No, He is a resident. It means you have given yourself to seeking first the kingdom of God and trusting him to provide for all those other things that we so often worry about. It's knowing that God will never abandon you, nor will he abandon your family. This is a God that I can, that we as a family can trust. And they see it, right? They see it. You want want to hear mums. You want to hear them say, Mum, you gave me something that is real. Mum, you gave me something that is relevant every single day of my life. You want to hear them say, Mum, I don't have to look anywhere else. You want to hear them say, Jesus is enough for me, Mum, because I know Jesus was enough for you. You want to hear them say that, right? Thank you for giving me truth. That is real. You know, and I I love it that Paul saw this family heritage and and he wanted to highlight it so much so, I should say that the spirit of God wanted to highlight it so much so that subsequent families throughout the church age can look at this and recognise, recognise there is a faith that is to be passed on to be lived out before and passed on. And what did I say to you earlier on? I said it's a faith that is not nearly as often taught as it is its caught. Hear that, you know, because they do, don't they? Mother, I don't certainly speak to condemn. I hopefully have spoken to encourage, but may you be the one that God honours because you have honoured God. May that be the one. May you be the one. May your children rise up, as we have read, and call you blessed. May your husbands praise you. And you fathers, yours is to recognise just how blessed you are. Just how blessed you are and that you have found this wonderful gift not found, but have been given this wonderful gift. This beautiful woman. Recognise that what's recognise what an asset I should say. Um, they are to you and your family, and to God. Thank God for the virtuous woman, the virtuous wife, the virtuous mother. Recognise that God has given you a most precious jewel so i'll say it again for the last time mothers are to be praised they're to be praised and if you are blessed to have a mother this is the last thing i'll say to you this morning don't neglect to say the words that need to be said not only today don't neglect to say the words that need to be said, the thanks that needs to be given. Yes, again, the praise that should be offered and the love for the one who has given you life. In fact, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 25 says, let her rejoice who gave you birth. Let her rejoice. She's only going to, she rejoices in you, doesn't she? Mums, you rejoice in your children, don't you? In the good and the bad. You recognise them as the gift that God has given you, don't you? You recognise that, yeah, they're a lot of work, but the work is worth it, don't you? You recognise there's a life been entrusted to you, a life that you would lay down your very life for, don't you, mums? Don't you? I know this is true. I've seen it in my own home. I've seen it year after year after year after year, day after day after day after day. There is a woman in my home woman who is virtuous, a woman who has laid it all down and sacrificed it all. Many times while I'm out there playing games, having fun in life you know and she deserves to be praised. You all mums, you deserve to be praised. I I don't say that just simply to highlight one woman because I know it's the heart of all you mums. I know it is. So kids, husbands, I trust that it won't just be today, but these ladies will recognise the incredible worth that you place upon their presence in your homes. Amen. Amen. Said enough, hasn't he? He said enough. Let's um, let's close this service out. Um,